0: Our third reading is from Matthew 1, verses 18 to 25. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus.
1: Well, we're almost there, aren't we? Six more sleeps, I think, is it, until Christmas Day morning? And... uh... Uh, all looking forward to that. And this evening, we've got our Christmas carols. Um, in fact, the word Christmas gets attached to all sorts of things, doesn't it? Christmas jumpers, see a number of them tonight, and uh, Christmas outfit, Christmas day, Christmas Eve, Christmas lights, Christmas decorations, Christmas trees, Christmas presents, Christmas cards, Christmas chutney, Christmas cake, Christmas pudding, uh, and lots more, and so on. But. Uh, uh, this evening we're thinking about just briefly Christian, uh, Christmas names, Christmas names, and I want to focus on the reading that Mark's just uh, read for us. There, uh, if, you, if you wanted to look at it, it's on page nine six five, just in the Bibles in the uh, chair in front of you. you. Want to grab that? And uh, we just heard about Mary getting pregnant, uh, rather miraculously though, getting pregnant before she'd actually slept with anyone. It was through the Holy Spirit, it says. She's betrothed to Joseph. That's a kind of like a super engagement, whereby if it's going to be broken off, it's called a divorce, but they're not quite yet married. Uh, Joseph had uh, in mind to divorce Mary quietly, but an angel then shows up, and uh, the angel says, "No, Joseph, uh, you're going to have a boy. You need to keep him. Uh, name him Jesus, and you need to marry Mary." So Joseph takes Mary home as his wife, but they have no sex uh, until she's had the baby. This really was a virgin birth. Now, you may know that story pretty well. Uh, You may know it very well. But I want to focus uh, on these Christmas names, because in this little passage, Jesus is given three names. Messiah, Jesus, and Emmanuel. And uh, they mean things. So I want to look briefly at those three. And the first one is, uh, as you can see here, Messiah, Messiah. Uh, It's just there at the beginning of the passage. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. Uh, Actually, strictly speaking, Messiah is not, in fact, a name. It's a title. And we all have titles, don't we? Mr., Mrs., Ms., Ms., uh, Doctor, Sir, Lord, Professor, General, mine's Reverend, or if you want to be terribly posh, Reverend Canon, but I'd rather call me Phil, okay? And uh, uh, and Jesus' title here is Messiah. It's a, it's a Hebrew word. It's a Hebrew word, or uh, the Greek, as it says here. This is written in Greek originally. It says uh, Jesus the Messiah, uh, which is Christ. So if you've heard him called Jesus Christ, it's the same word in Greek. Christ is the same word in Greek as Messiah is in Hebrew. And it means, as you see on the screens there, liberator. It means he's a liberator, someone who's, who frees others from captivity, from imprisonment, from slavery. The Messiah is a liberator. So, for instance, in the Second World War, uh, they were looking and they were talking about the liberation of Europe, or we read about the liberation of Auschwitz, don't we? And, in fact, the Americans had a a heavy bomber called the B-24 Liberator. They made 18,000 of them. 18,000. The RAF had eighteen, But the Americans had 18,000, and the aim, of course, was to uh, use these bombers to help liberate Europe. Uh, the crews called it a flying coffin because it only had one door and it was the back, at the back. So if you had to be up at the front, if you were the pilot or someone, and you need to get out in a hurry, it was kind of difficult. Now, of course, Jesus lived 1,900 years before airplanes, but his title was the same, the liberator. And in fact, before he was born, he was the liberator. Not from, um, uh, not from Roman occupation. He was born into a country occupied by uh, the Romans. And the Jews had hoped for some kind of marvelous liberator from, from this Roman occupation in Jesus' day. And they expected a king, a physical descendant of King David, to deliver Israel from foreign bondage and to restore the glories of David's reign, which was about a thousand years before. A liberator, a redeemer figure. But Jesus wasn't that kind of liberator. He was much better than that. Not to, not to belittle that if you're living in an occupied country, of course, that's hugely significant for you. But for mankind, the far, the problem is actually far, far greater than that. And the Bible teaches us that um, there are all sorts of issues and problems in this world and uh, there is all underlying those, all these issues and things that are going on in the world, underlying every single one of them is actually the problem with our own mucked up lives. As someone said, the heart of the human problem, the heart of the problems of the world is the problem of the human heart's. And the Bible tells us, and this name is telling us, that Jesus is the liberator. He came as the Messiah to set us free from a life of rebellion, a life of pride, a life of hatred, a life of selfishness, and to set us free from a life lived for all kind of wrong things, to set us free from that. Human beings have a problem. We've rebelled against God, and Jesus came to be our Messiah, our Christ. Our liberator. Now, how did that liberation take place? Well, that's the second of the names. Here we are. Savior. Jesus the Savior. Uh, it says here that uh, uh, the, she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus means Savior. And Joseph is told he must call his name Jesus, his son. He must call him Jesus. And he did, because that's what he came to do. He came to save his people. Jesus means saviour. Now, you look down history, and you see all sorts of different uh, leaders and and so on, uh, adopting all kinds of names for themselves, like the Great, Alfred the Great, like Conqueror, William the Conqueror, like the Bold, the Magnificent, and so on. And Jesus is called the Saviour, for that is what he truly was and is. Now, under your Christmas tree, I guess it's uh, you'll have a Christmas tree at home, perhaps, and uh, underneath it you may well have some presents. We've got a few. And uh, uh, let's say amongst those presents there will be one or two items of clothing, I guess, not just socks, but other things. Let's imagine that one of them is uh, a jumper for your mum. And uh, Christmas Day, she unwraps your present, She's delighted with the jumper; it fits perfectly. It's delightful. And then someone says, uh, "Oh, hang on, the label's still there." And uh, of course, the label tells you what it is, what it's for, where it came from, what it's made of, how to care for it, and so on. And Jesus' name is a bit like the label for your mum's jumper. Tells you where he's from. It tells you what he's made of. He's made of God. The same stuff. It tells, it tells you what he's for. That Jesus came to this earth to be our Saviour. That's what he's for, because Jesus was born with a purpose. Now, most newborn babies, that their purpose in life kind of grows and develops as time goes on. But for Jesus, he had a purpose set in a past eternity and then he came to this earth and into Bethlehem's manger. And therefore, he had a clear purpose on the day he was born. Actually, Jesus had that clear purpose way back in a past eternity, which will be fulfilled way forwards in future eternity. Jesus was himself eternity breaking down into time. And his purpose was to save his people from their sins. That's what it says here. He will save his people from their sins in verse 21. Sin is is our rebellion against God. No thanks God, I'll be in charge of my life, thank you very much. Our hearts have gone astray. Sin is us thinking that we can kind of do our own thing. We can live life in God's world and pay no attention to him whatsoever. Sin is us thinking we can make all the decisions in life. And, of course, it's got consequences. It's got consequences. You know, if your relationship with someone or your friendship with someone has been wrecked, say, by your bad behavior or theirs, then life can get really just quite painful, can't it? And our relationship with God has been mucked up by us. And, of course, life gets painful as a result. We were never designed to live without God. In fact, quite the opposite. We were designed, human beings, to live with him in love and delight and enjoyment. But we've mucked it up. And Jesus came to this earth to be our savior. That's what his name means. He is the savior. And then the third thing here is this. Uh, Emmanuel, God, God with us. At the end of that uh, reading there, towards the end, uh, it says this The Virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. There's a young man working in London, and uh, uh, he then used up all his savings to fly to Australia for the weekend. And uh, uh, by the time he had collected his bag and got through immigration and so on, he only had five hours before he needed to get back on the plane in order to get back to to work for uh, Monday morning. Why did he make the journey? To see his girlfriend. And what did that say to her? It said to her, you're important. I love you. I care about you. And during that five hours, he said, I want to marry you. Would you marry me? Now, he could have sent a text. That wouldn't have been appropriate, would it, for a proposal? He could have sent a card. He could have phoned her up. But so much better to be there in person. No, he went. He gave himself. And that said it all. And that's what God did in Jesus. He showed up. He came here. In, in Jesus' day, there were lots of little boys called Jesus, or the Hebrew equivalent, Joshua. There are quite a lot of boys today called Joshua, aren't there? We've got some in our church family. It's lovely. In Jesus' day, though, no one would be called Emmanuel. In Jesus' day, of course, it happens today, doesn't it? French president, for instance, Emmanuel Macron. But in Jesus' day, no one was called Emmanuel because it means God with us. And that had never happened before. But at Christmas we celebrate, for the first and only time, God showed up. God was with us. So, is there a God, or gods, or nothing? Hugely significant and important questions. And no one can be sure of the answer to that Unless God is with us and then the guessing stops. Because God has proved his existence by his appearance, by coming. God has proved what sort of God he is by his appearance. There is a God. There is one God. He walked this earth. God with us. The world's only ever God-man. Now, of course, in Jesus' day, that caused a huge problem. Because the Jewish folks of Jesus' day wouldn't say the name Gods, they wouldn't spell the name Gods. So how could a human be God too? How could this baby be the beginningless, omnipotent creator, taking on humanity? Without losing his deity. Fully human. And fully divine. At the same time. It is the most staggering thing. That Christianity proclaims. Emmanuel. God with us. Someone wrote this. God became man, the divine son became a Jew, the almighty appeared on earth as a helpless human baby, unable to do more than lie down and stare and wriggle and make noises. Needing to be fed and changed and talk to talk like any other child. The babyhood of the son of God was a reality. The more you think about it, the more staggering it gets. Nothing in fiction is so fantastic as is this truth of the incarnation. An American pastor has said this, the incarnation is the universe-thundering, history-altering, life-transforming, paradigm-shattering event of history. <laughs> and you thought you'd just come here to sing carols. <laughs> It is an extraordinary, extraordinary thing. This incarnation, this God becoming a man. God with us. It is the greatest miracle of them all. It means that God's been in all the places where we have been. He's been in this darkness that you now inhabit. And therefore, you can trust him and you can rely on him because he knows he has the power to comfort, to strengthen you, to get you through. It means we have dignity and significance because God not only created human life, but he inhabited human life. He lived a human life. It also means you're important. It means you're more important and more significant than you ever dreamt was possible. It means you're loved infinitely. By the God who became a human being for you. And it means you're understood perfectly by the God who knows and who has experienced this life deeply, profoundly and painfully. It means there is also a claim on our life. The American pastor I quoted just now also said this. If he is who he said he is, then you have to center your life on him. And if he is not who he said he is, then he is someone to hate or to run away from. But no other response makes sense. Either he is God or he isn't. So he's absolutely crazy or infinitely wonderful. I believe with all my heart that Christmas tells us that this God exists, that he came to this earth and that he is infinitely wonderful, that he was born a baby and from a past eternity lived on this earth. And he came here as the Messiah, the liberator, as Jesus, the savior, as Emmanuel, God's with us if you'd like to find out more there are lots of these books by the doors there's Christmas unbelievable it says on the front here four questions everyone should ask about the world's most famous story uh, if you'd like to uh, take one of those and read it entirely free just pick one up when you go and uh, we'd love you to do that um we also have a little course starting in january it might be a big course lots of people do it could well be online couldn't it we don't know what's going on uh, next year with the restrictions and so on it's called hope explored uh, it begins on thursday the 6th of january uh, i'll be looking after that and uh, if you would like to join that do uh, uh, either ask us or uh, get in touch with the office look on the website and uh, uh, do join that it's for three weeks to understand, to seek to understand a little bit more about Christianity. The other thing we do is just keep on coming. Because uh, each time through these, uh, these, these Christmas days and beyond, we will be exploring more about this extraordinary and wonderful miracle of God becoming a human being here, right here, with us. Have a great Christmas.